The following is a reflection on the readings for Monday of the 16th week of Ordinary Time. Our readings are taken from Micah chapter 6 verses 1 to 4 and 6 to 8, the responsorial psalm from Psalm 50, and the gospel from Matthew chapter 12 verses 38 to 42. In the last few days we have heard from the prophet Micah in the first reading. He was one of the twelve minor prophets and ministered between the years 737 and 696 BC, and thus was a contemporary of Amos, Isaiah, and Hosea. The name Micah means, Who is like the Lord? And this constitutes one of the major themes, that is, God, who is just and will render judgment for Israel's breach of the covenant, and who is merciful, remembering the promises made to the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The book opens with a court scene, as the Lord calls his people to account for their sins. The list includes false prophecy, idolatry, fraud, greed, oppression, and especially injustice. In chapter 2, we hear, Woe to those who plan iniquity, and to those who plot evil on their beds. They covet fields and seize them, and houses and take them. They defraud a man of his house, a fellow man of his inheritance. Micah was the first prophet to predict that Jerusalem would be conquered because of their breach of the covenant, and especially beautifying Jerusalem off the backs of the city's citizens through fraud. He also predicted the destruction of the northern kingdom by Assyria. In today's first reading from Micah chapter 6, the Lord presents his case against his people. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, for the Lord has controversy with his people and will contend with Israel. The Lord's charge is that, despite the great mercy with which Israel was delivered from captivity in Egypt, her response to God was ingratitude and sin. Yet despite Israel's guilt, God continued to patiently instruct them how they could be delivered once again. In one of the more famous passages in the Old Testament, the people are told, quote, What does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Notice how justice is linked with kindness and humility. This is the heart of God, who is both infinite justice and infinite mercy. So, in key verses, Micah balances his statements of condemnation of Israel's present sins with hope for the future. For example, in Micah chapter 2, verses 12 to 13, we hear, quote, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Their king will pass before them, with the Lord at their head. The coming king who will lead his people is Christ the king. Micah even predicts the place of his birth in Bethlehem. Quote, but you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Micah chapter 5 verse 2. Bethlehem means house of bread. This points to the real bread Jesus will give at the Last Supper on Holy Thursday. 
that is, his body, blood, soul, and divinity, now present in all our churches. Finally, Micah predicts that this figure will bring peace. Quote, he shall judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Micah chapter 4 verse 3 We see all of this fulfilled in today's gospel when Jesus Christ in justice judges this generation for their lack of faith in demanding further signs even though great miracles have been performed. At the same time, Jesus points to the one great sign of Jonah because this prefigures his death and resurrection, the final act of mercy that gives hope to all sinners. As Micah so accurately predicted in chapter 7, quote, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in mercy. He will again have compassion on us, and will subdue our iniquities. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea, and you will give truth to Jacob, and mercy to Abraham, which you have sworn to our fathers from days of old. Micah chapter 7, verses 18 to 20. In our present time of division, conflict, corruption, and violence, when the culture merits judgment, we retain hope that Jesus, through his mercy, will continue to gather his people, establish peace, forgive our sins, and in mercy make all things new. The primary way this is happening is through the church, and especially her sacraments. As well, the church, in the tradition of the Old Testament prophets, such as Micah, emphasizes the carrying out of justice combined with mercy and love. Beginning with Pope Leo XIII's encyclical, Rerum Navarum in 1891 said teaching was set forth in an organized body and has continued to develop with subsequent popes and magisterial teaching. The first and most fundamental principle is that being created in God's image and likeness and redeemed by Christ, we all possess inherent dignity as persons who are not means to an end, but ends in themselves, that is, not a something, but a someone. Said principle applies without qualification to every person from conception to natural death and provides the basis of a moral framework for society. Flowing from this fundamental principle that all are created in God's image and likeness, every person is social in nature who develops in relationship with others. Thus, marriage and family and the common good are to be protected and promoted. Another key tenet is solidarity, where we are one family, whatever our racial, ethnic, or economic differences, and who recognize that when one suffers, all suffer. As such, we are our brothers and sisters' keepers, who work for their good and promote peace through mercy and love. This includes helping every person to participate fully in the treasure of material and spiritual goods. Other principles include the preferential option for the poor and most vulnerable people. This must affect public policy decisions and our own individual choices. Subsidiarity, which promotes protection of decision-making by the local level, if possible, rather than a central, higher authority. Stewardship, which respects the gift of creation by managing and protecting our environment as trustees for the benefit of future generations.
These and other principles of Catholic social justice must continue to inform and shape society if our culture is to flourish. The prophet Micah well summarizes this call to do justice, love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God.